what marketing strategy does work because I'm doing all these things. Like that's what I've been saying for like six months to a year. I've been in this zone of like, all right, there's this thing, this strategy, that one. Let's just give it to me straight. What, what am I not doing right? Yeah, you got it. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, you're probably not going to like the answer. Because <laughs> the answer not. is, it depends. It's the Global Art Cafe podcast with artist Lisa Kindle. Welcome to the Global Art Cafe, a creative community where art and life come together. It's not just for artists. Come learn about color and make new friends in the Global Art Cafe. The coffee's hot, the hearts are warm, and the cafe is open. And now your host, Lisa Kindle. Today I'm talking with Sherry Kaufelt. Let me tell you a little bit about Sherry. She founded three successful small businesses, taking one to over seven figures. Sherry Caulfield partners with extraordinary women who have left the sure thing of a career to replace or exceed the income they left behind with a location-independent business they love. A few years ago, Sherry sold her home and most of her possessions to travel the world, taking her coaching and consulting business with her, and she's never looked back. Leveraging her step-by-step Freedom Finder formula, Sherry's clients create a customized plan to build a business around the lifestyle they want to create and the income it will take to support it. She is living proof that you can build a business that allows you to work when you want, from where you want, and make a huge difference doing it. Please join me in welcoming Sherry Kaufelt to the Global Art Cafe. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you bring to the world. Oh, absolutely. So what my mission, my mission is to be a catalyst to support women, particularly that have a huge gift that they want to share and they want to turn it into a business that allows them to live their bucket list. Now, that's kind of the phrase that I love using. And what that means is they want a business that's going to give back, that's going to make an impact in the world, but they want to do it in a way that allows them to live the life that they want now, not some kind of distant, I'll do it in retirement kind of thing. Uh, and what I find so many times with business, small business owners, is they get in the business of running a business is what I call it. That day-to-day, everything has to be done to run a business. And pretty soon that kind of takes over their life. And they look back and they realize that they built a business that now that is their life. And they're not really doing the things that they want to do. And I know there's a different way. Frankly, I've been there a couple times, a couple times in my journey as an entrepreneur, and I know that it can be different. So if I can help those women know the right things to do in the right order to create that business that's going to serve them and serve the world, then I'm a happy camper. That is so awesome. That is what the Global Art Cafe is all about. You know, inspiring women, empowering women. How do we do it? And, and having women that have gone before us. Tell us a little bit about the strategy that helped you get there? There, you know, it's like every business, frankly, needs a different strategy uh, because the way that I look at look at business is, first of all, businesses are in business to make money, right? I mean, let's face it. We're let's hope. <laughs> you know, it's not a hobby. It's not a hobby. So we're in business to make money. And yet we all have a gift that we want to share. Right. So the number one strategy that supported me in getting to where I wanted to be was in, was in starting with my vision. 
And every client I work with, every uh, you know consult call that I do, the first thing we always talk about is what's your vision for your life? Because I'm not going to say what's your vision for your business, because what I want to really know is what's your vision for your life? When you look ahead one year, three years, five years, whatever the right time frame is, what are you doing? Where are you living? Who's in your life? What are your relationships like? What's your environment like? Um, what kind of wealth do you have? Uh, what is your business like? Because your business is a big part of your life if you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And then how does that business fit into that lifestyle that you want to create? Because here's the thing. Your business has to fit into your life versus your business taking over your life. I think a lot of us do it backwards, right? Like, you, right. You know, I've got this big idea. Yeah. Now, how do I fit it in? But really, it's retrofitting it from the other side and then doing it is, is so smart. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's um, that that can happen so easily and so unconsciously. In fact, I shared with you mm -hmm. that you know, several years ago now, I, I do it every year. I do this time of year, actually, I do a visioning process as a part of my annual planning process mm -hmm. where I write a vision letter mm -hmm. and the vision letter is writing to a friend that I haven't seen for at least a year and explaining to them everything that's happened in my life in the last year since I saw them last. So it is now you know, whatever the date is, uh, the, today's October 14th, 2021, instead of saying 2021, you say it's now October 14th, 2022, a year from today. Mm -hmm. And you explain everything that's happened in excruciatingly minute, beautiful detail, mm -hmm. right? And when you get really clear on that, then your business is going to be a part of that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When I was doing that process a few years ago here, I had that, I call it my knock upside the head moment where I realized that I've been, I've been a coaching consultant for 21 years. I celebrated in May, 21 years, mm -hmm. but I had unconsciously backed myself into a business where I was getting all of my clients in a way using marketing strategies that didn't allow me to live the lifestyle I really wanted to live, which was to travel full time. I'd always traveled a lot, right? But when I was speaking and doing live networking to get 80% of my customers, if I stopped doing that and went you know, to Australia for three months, my leads dried up. Mm -hmm. So there I was feeling totally out of integrity because here I was telling all my clients, you have to get clear on your vision and, and build your business, business around your vision for your life. And I had unwittingly, not, not, in, not consciously, created a business that wasn't allowing me to do that. So you mentioned me traveling a lot. So literally that was the day I, I put the stake in the ground and I reconfigured my business. I totally changed my marketing strategies. I already had a lot of the digital marketing things in place. I just wasn't really using them actively to create lead generation, changed my marketing strategies. And six months later, I'd sold my house, put my, my possessions in storage and had changed all my marketing. So about 80% of my leads were coming from online versus offline efforts. And I started traveling. And in 2000, well, basically up until 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was traveling about nine months out of the year of the, year out of, uh, out of the country internationally and loving it, taking my business with me because I built my business in a way that allowed me to work from anywhere, that work when I want from where I want with clients that I loved. And it was all based on 
one decision. Once, once you realize what was happening, it's like, how, what are the hard decisions I need to make to get me there? And yep. what an amazing pivot. And isn't it true that once you realize you truly realize a mistake you've made, you can't ignore it anymore. Right. It's like in front of you, like, yeah, like you can't, you can't get the thing out of your head. Yeah. So it was, I mean, I won't say it was easy. It was, it was a lot of work and it was so worth it because it allowed me to really step into that living my bucket list now. And, you know, I spent a month on Paros in the Greek islands and, and I, 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 I went all over the world and I loved it. So uh, those I'll never lose those memories. And yet my business continued to flourish. Right. How hard was it to sell the house? I mean, once you made the decision, was it easy? Uh, you know, it's very interesting. You bring that up because yeah. I'm, I am a, I'm a cancer. And if you know, cancer, I am a cancer too. Okay. So we're pretty homebodies, you know, mm -hmm. we're pretty, we like our, we like our comfortable surroundings. I did not regret it for a day, mm. honestly. And I think it's, it's just, I was so ready and I so knew that this was, I was what I wanted. And, and I built a clear framework and picture in my mind of what it was going to be like. I mean, I literally almost the day I, I put my house in the market, I started my planning of where I was going to go. That's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Like it, and it, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, in fact, now with the pandemic, of course, I haven't really been able to travel the way that I wanted to, when I get frustrated or, um, or, or a little down about not being able to travel, I just mm -hmm. go to Airbnb and go to places that I want to go. And I create wish lists of, of apartments that I'm going to rent when I go there. Sweet. And it kind of gets me out of that funk. It's like, cause it's not going to go away. We're going to get back mm -hmm. to traveling. And mm -hmm. I spent, I just spent two weeks in Vermont enjoying the fall colors. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to be doing more traveling, you know, starting now, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, life is going to return to, I'm not going to say normal, but it'll, it'll be some new version. New right? normal. Yeah. yeah. And, and for you, it may not be travel. For me, it just happened to be travel, but right. I work with a lot of, of moms that want to stay home with their kids when they, when they get home from school. So they want to have a business that allows them to work nine to three and have flexibility. I work with a lot of military spouses that they get transferred every couple of years. And, and I remember one client that she was a career coach and she was actually, she wasn't, she was when I started working with her, but she was working in jobs, mm -hmm. but every two years, her husband would get transferred. She'd have to start completely over. So she wanted to build a business as a career coach so that she could do it from anywhere and take it with her. And the next time she moved, it was totally seamless. So Sweet. location independent or living your bucket list now can mean different things to different people, but it's really about making conscious choices about what do you want? Well, and it goes back to fitting it into your lifestyle, like finding yes. that thing that works with your lifestyle. Like one of the main reasons I left my corporate job was to be there for my daughter. When she was three, I left that corporate job. And even when life became difficult and there were other challenges, my vision was so big that I didn't care what I had to sacrifice so that I could be home with her. Even as she grew into a teenager, I think that was even more important that I was home. And it's not a, even about the money anymore. It's about your big, right? What you're saying, it's a big picture. And 
does what you're doing fit into that and meet your needs at that moment? Exactly. Um, exactly. So it's so beautiful. I mean, yeah. and I, I, don't know I, about, I totally, as I say, I don't know about you, but I think that the one, the one negative lasting effect that the pandemic has had, and I know there've been a lot, not to mention the lives lost. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the big, big, big damaging things, and this was, I think, starting before the pandemic is we've lost our ability to dream. Mm. And I think people have been in so much in survival mode the last 18 months that we've lost our ability to dream. And it's time to get that back because dreaming is what opens up possibilities. And when you allow yourself to think bigger, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can't do. Um, it's true. Mm -hmm. And if you're not dreaming, then we kind of get stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's why the vision letter is so important. And I, I, um, tend to look at my vision letter at least quarterly and will sometimes make updates and sometimes not change a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's so important. It becomes that anchor for you uh, when the obstacles hit because they're going to. Mm -hmm. And when your vision, you've heard your why must make my, has to make you cry. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of the same thing. It's like your, your vision is also what you can keep coming back to mm -hmm. when you hit those obstacles. Because yes. if your vision is bigger than the pain of the obstacle, you'll push through the obstacle. If it's right. not, you get stuck, you get overwhelmed. And that's where too many entrepreneurs give up. I hear you. Yeah. And, you know, just a little plug for myself, the color affirmation deck that I'm working on with the positive affirmations is a lot like that. That's the intention I have behind it is creating this deck so that you have all these cards with affirmation to remind you, like you could combine this tool, this vision letter, um, and, and really pull out things so that you can stay on track every day, like little reminders to say, this is what I really want for my life. Like taking a moment to say, I want to be on this Greek Island. This is, this is my dream or whatever it is, or I want to be home with my child, whatever it is to have these tools that are so powerful. I mean, I did a workshop uh, several years ago with women and I had them write a love letter to themselves. Um, and then I mailed it to them a year later. And I still hear from these participants saying, I kept that it's so moving. And I've, and I've achieved everything on my vision board. It is such a powerful tool to write these letters. It's a, it's a real thing. It, it absolutely is powerful. And yeah. I've, I've had clients that that have just had amazing experiences where things that they put in their vision letters literally come, come true down to the, you know, the color of your dress. It's mind blowing. Yeah. One of the gals, she showed up when I got remarried in 2019, she showed up in the color of my dress, which was green, which, you know, random. So we were really? like, we became connected through this process. Yeah. So you just, you can't, you can't make that up, it, mm -hmm. but you can make it happen right? I like that. You can't make it. Up. I like that. We should, we should coin that. I like yeah, it. You definitely. Yeah. That should go on your Facebook page today. Right. Right. What, what, let's, what, what's that again? Okay. You can't make it up, but you can make it happen. Make it happen. Yep. All right. So <laughs> as the thing that I wanted to be sure to talk to you is we've been talking a little bit about is the strategy piece, yes. you know, unconsciously or even consciously, you know, for, we were talking before the show a little bit about for myself as a graphic designer, I realized not too long ago, I had created a brand, beautiful brand, beautiful names, all these things I was trying to promote. And I'm like promoting and marketing till I'm like, you know, blue in the face. And I, then I, one day I realized like you, it's like, wait, this is not, this is not getting me where I want to go. 
So as a coach myself, I'm like, okay, co- you know, like, what do I do about this? You know, how do you pivot? And so talk about that. Like when you get into that space, this is where it really becomes important for people to have a coach. And, yeah. I, you know, we, so talk about that, what you specifically bring to the table, making seven figures in your business. We need to listen. These uh, smaller entrepreneurs, we have a lot to learn. I, w- I want to be doing what you're doing. So talk to us. Talk to me. Uh, well, you mentioned strategy, and there's there's a couple things that I want to mention on, on strategy. Um, one thing is that the biggest mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is that they don't do the right things in the right order. Mm. And they all of us have a natural assumption, well, I need to market my business. And that's a good assumption. However, if you just start in to try to market your business and you don't have a solid foundation in place, you're going to, it's throwing the marketing spaghetti against the wall, right? And can I insert maybe not just foundation, but the vision you were talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. Because right? that's part of your foundation. The right? You got to have it. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, um, when you're thinking about strategy for the, for your business, there are some basic fundamental questions that I always say you need to answer and they need to be answered in this order. Okay. So the first question is, what do you want? That's all about your, your business, your vision, I should say. The second question is, who do you serve? Mm -hmm. That's all about your ideal client and who they are and where they're at. um, And getting really getting to know them, not just their demographics, but their psychographics and what keeps them up at night and what do they dream about and, and what's important to them and what do they want to have be different in their life a year from now? What's their vision? The third question is, what's the problem that, that you help them solve, mm-hmm. okay? Because businesses also, businesses make money, but businesses also solve problems. And people are going to buy the services and the products that you offer to solve a problem that they have, to stop a pain that they have. We, you know, it's unfortunate in some ways because it'd be a whole lot easier to just go go through our marketing lives talking about, the, the promise talking about how wonderful yeah, things, the happiness, we're just talking about happy things, flowers yeah. and hearts. But the problem is it's not what makes people buy. We have to have people understand that their problem is big enough, that their pain is big enough, that they're ready to find a solution. And that then we can t- tell them what we do and how we might be the solution that fills that gap to solve their problem. Okay. So we have to get clear on what the specific problem is that we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. From there, you go to the, the fourth question, which is about, okay, how do I solve it? How do I help them solve it? What's the transporta- transformation that I help them create to solve their problem? And that's all about what's your genius roadmap? What makes you different and makes you uniquely qualified to help them solve that problem? And then what are the specific signature offers that you make in order to help them solve that problem? Now you mentioned, um, you know, the branding and having different branding for all your different, um, I mean, I'm guessing it was different product, graphic design products or, or projects um, maybe. More of, yeah, I actually now have converted two of them into products because they will be okay. products. Right. Some of it will, will be a program, but different aspects. Yeah. yeah. So what I recommend to my clients is that you create using your genius roadmap, which is that your unique way of helping them solve a problem that you create one signature program Mm -hmm. that you offer at three different levels. 
and each level offers more and more support and or access to you. So that way you're, you're, you're creating one set of core content that you're selling, if you will, that you're, that is solving the problem mm -hmm. to your ideal client, but they get to choose how much support that they, that they want. So the simplest way to illustrate that would be, you could do a do it yourself online course where you're literally just selling the information mm -hmm. and they have to go implement it hundred percent on their own. That yeah. would be kind of the core level. You could also offer that signature course as a group program where you are, are providing, you know, twice a month or whatever it is, group calls where you're helping them walk through the content. You're doing, I don't know, Facebook lives with additional information. You have a Facebook group. So you have more support around it to add value for people that want more, more support in, in getting that transformation, or you could do one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the most basic traditional coaching model, at least is, you know, do it yourself done, done with you as a group done with you one-on-one. Um, one-on-one, yeah. And if it's a product-based strategy, you know, kind of it's small projects to, to re full retainer is kind of the, the, the flow for most uh, uh, service-based retainer-based clients. Um, so you have to get clear on that offer and how that offer solves the problem that the client has, okay? So I just asked four questions. None of them individually are really difficult questions. <laughs> but if you don't have those four questions answered before you ask yourself the fifth question, which can you, do you want to guess what the fifth question is? Strategy. Uh, Strategy. Uh, how are you going to, how are you going <laughs> to implement it? Exactly. Well, basically it's like, how am I going to find them? How am I going to reach yeah, my clients? Where are how they? How am I going to market my business? What are the marketing strategies that are going to best work? for me to attract the ideal client that I've identified, who has the problem that I wanna help them solve to offer my solution that I know is gonna help them solve the problem, right? So it's only when you get that foundation in place that you actually start marketing. And when you do that, you've got the right messaging, you're talking to the right target. And most importantly, you know what marketing strategies to choose mm -hmm. because different marketing strategies are going to fit depending on your answers to those first four questions. Now, you and I have talked about this and mm -hmm. I wanna, wanna bring it up and, and we can talk about it a little or a lot, depending on how much time we have. One of the watch outs that I would offer is to beware of one-shot gurus. And I say this with full um, respect for so many uh, people out there that are teaching a specific marketing strategy because there's a lot of great content out there about how to create a webinar, how to do a five-day challenge, or how to use a Facebook group to, to build a seven-figure business. Um, and all of those strategies are individually, they can be great strategies. I've actually used all of them myself, right? Mm -hmm. But the question isn't, is it a good strategy? The question is, is it a good strategy for you, where you are in your business, where your ideal clients hang out, and what you're going to enjoy doing so that you'll actually implement it. Yes. Right. And so what happens for so many entrepreneurs is we hear <clears throat> there's so much noise out there and, and it's been, I'm going to say it, it's been even worse since the pandemic because everybody and their brother is jumped into the virtual game. Right. So there's even more free content and more free webinars and more free virtual summits than there ever has been. It's and when you're new, yeah, when you're new, it's overwhelming. How do you know what's going to work best for you? Mm -hmm. 
And what I want you to know is there is a way to know what's going to work best for you. You just do it in the right steps in the right order, answer those foundation questions. And then you ask yourself some specific questions about you and your business to help you identify what the right strategies are for you starting out yeah. or wherever you are in your business for that matter. Well, I think you get to a certain point too, is because there are so many coaches out there, no offense, I'm, I'm finding myself in that space now I never thought I'd be in. And at, at the end of the day, you just have to pick, in my opinion, you want to pick somebody you trust, a coach that you trust, and sh put some blinders on and just get to work. And what I found, again, just my experience has been hiring a coach, paying some money for it has been the best investment I made. And hopefully I can do that same thing for someone. And, you know, I know that you're doing it for people. You've been doing it 20 years. It's awesome. Um, is getting really clear first. Are you tired of going from freebie to freebie to freebie to freebie, you know, or not? Because let's face it, freebies are designed as a teaser. Exactly. You know, they're not designed to go deep. If yeah. frankly, if you go deep in a, on a freebie, you overwhelm people and then you get the opposite impact is what you want. Mm -hmm. So, but I do want to, I want to comment on what you're talking about in terms of, of, of getting a coach is the best way to grow your business. Every woman out there, and I'm going to say women, just because that's who mostly I talk to mm -hmm. is fully capable of figuring it out on their own. Yes. And what I can pretty much guarantee you is that it's going to take you a lot less time and you're probably going to make more money if you looked at over the next, let's say, three years by investing in someone to support you than you are trying to do it on your own. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and I get calls every day from people that have been in business, that they have had a business for two, three, up five years and they're still not making money. Yeah. So what's the opportunity cost? that they have walked away from, from not reaching out to get support to make the, 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 the right investments in order to grow their business. But there is a trick to it because you have to find the right coach for where you are right now. And the, what I see people, what I see happens, um, I, you know, I, in fact, I, I'll tell you a quick story about a, a person I talked to not very long ago, brand new entrepreneur, had never even had her first client and she got invited to a webinar for a, uh, a joint venture program. So it was literally a, a program that was designed to teach you how to do joint ventures. Oh. Okay, she hasn't even gotten her first client, but she spent thousands of dollars to join this joint venture program but she gets into this program, she's not ready to do joint venture. She doesn't even know who her client is. She doesn't know what her offer is. She can't possibly do, uh, you promote my product and I'll promote yours, simple joint venture, because she doesn't even have a product yet. Yet she literally spent literally thousands of dollars to join this program. Mm. So you have to make sure that the resources that you look for match where you are now. Good and point. that's part of the danger yeah. of what we talked about in terms of the, the, the one trick ponies, if you will. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm exaggerating here because most of the people that teach a specific strategy have built their business. So they know more than that specific strategy. It's just, they've chosen to focus their marketing 
on Facebook groups or whatever it might be. And, and I have no problem with that because mm -hmm. those are viable strategies, mm -hmm. but you only want to get that. You only want to invest in that kind of a program or a coach for a specific strategy. Once you have that foundation in place and you know that that's the strategy you want to focus on. I recommend to my clients that when they choose marketing strategies, that particularly when they're starting out, that you choose no more than three ways that you are going to attract your ideal client hmm. and that you get very specific and detailed on your plan to implement those strategies and have them attracting a consistent flow of leads before you add anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is if you, if you say, well, I want to do blogs and I want to uh, do Facebook ads and I'm going to do social media and, oh, I've never done a webinar. And, you know, I love those five-day challenges. What if I did a gift giveaway? I mean, I could go on and on, right? Mm -hmm. All of yes. those, again, are viable strategies. What are the right ones for you to start with? And I have criteria. I have, I have my clients go through, I call it the marketing scorecard. And they go through and they literally rate, I think I've probably got about 40 different strategies. And they rate them on five specific factors mm. on how well it fits them. And it's not, it's like one of them is, 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 uh, you know, what's the investment. So if you have, if you're doing, uh, building a business on a shoestring, you're probably not going to do Facebook ads when you start your business. Right. Right. So you literally can, can throw out a lot of strategies and start narrowing it down to decide what are the top three that I'm going to start with and get those strategies implemented well, or decide that it's not the strategy for you. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I thought I was going to love doing webinars and I hate every minute of it. Well, if you hate every minute of it, it's going to come through in your webinar. I don't care how much you keep doing it. Or eventually you just stop doing it. And then, yeah. then you've wasted all that time. Yeah. So you can, you can decide you're an entrepreneur. You get to decide. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, my favorite story is this, I, I have every day I have clients or potential clients that will come and say, well, I have to do social media. And it's like, no, you don't. There's mm -hmm. no rule that says you have to do social media just because you're an entrepreneur. I have a, a friend that is a sales coach. He's been in business for, I'm not even sure how many, a decade at least. And he does very high ticket sales coaching. And he had never had a Facebook page. Mm. He had he created a Facebook profile because he wanted to join a group for a program he was taking. Oh, okay. That just, that's what we were talking about that earlier too, right? Like it's the whole thing of like, there's one, one camp that says you don't need a website, just run it off your Facebook page or just have an Instagram account and sell all your products there and sell your coaching and get all your clients in, or get all your clients on a podcast. Again, I think we're, we're always going back to know yourself, know what your vision is, know where your clients are. And I'm guilty, like doing all this stuff. And, I, and I've been in this kind of introverted mode lately, reassessing because it's hard to do all the things and really, is it serving me? That's a question I ask myself and I'll ask my clients, is this really serving you the best in your business? Because at the end of the day, again, like you said, you know, I should have a, you know, have a sign up on the wall that says, I am CEO of my life and my business. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. Yeah. Darn and it. it's true. It's absolutely true. Like there's and, too and much way, social media. I mean, as much as a, it's like a love-hate thing for me, like I love it, 
but then it's like it's a huge time suck can I say that yes I can because I'm CEO and I'm the host of this podcast (laughs) absolutely and you know and it's it's so you know social media and getting organic traffic and being in other people's Facebook groups and all that stuff it, it works but it's it that and live networking are the two strategies that work but they are so time intensive yeah. So you have to be willing to put in the time to get the results out of those. And a lot of people aren't, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and frankly, I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not willing to put that amount of time in social media uh, to use organic social media as a primary driver uh, for mm-hmm. leads. Well, I love the, the scorecard idea. I want to get my hands on that. <laughs> like I told you before we talked, I'm like, what you're doing, just sign me up right now. Cause that's what I want to do. I want to be traveling. This has been a dream that I've had. It's been my vision for easily four to five years. You know, my daughter graduated. I'm like, I want to be traveling. I want to be doing my Global Art Cafe. I want to be doing my art around the world. Visit the members of the Global Art Cafe. You know, um, broadcast this podcast from Romania, where Monica lives. Broadcast from Luxembourg with Natalie, broadcast from Liverpool with AJ, you know, all these great people I'm meeting, they're getting shout outs right now. Coming up on November 14th, from noon to 4 p.m., Lisa will be hosting a day retreat in the country with a wonderful group of ladies. She'll be teaching them their life path colors and helping them to create their own color affirmation decks and boxes that they will be able to take home to empower their lives with color every day. If you are in Minnesota and would like to join this private party, please contact Lisa directly at hello at lisakindle.com. What are the, what are maybe the top three pain points of a client that is going to do the best with you? If you are, uh, have a, a, a service-based business, so it's not, I don't work as much with product-based businesses, but you're doing coaching, you're consulting, you're a BA or an attorney or, you know, anything that's a service-based business. And you are at a point where you either are in early startup and you want to start from, from scratch doing the right things in the right order because you want to do it once and do it right and create that six-figure business to start with as quickly as possible and get, you know, get that support to, to make that happen along the way. Um, but you probably are right now in overwhelm. You know, you're like, oh my God, I don't know where to start. Or you've tried a lot of different things and you're not getting traction. Um, You know, the clients aren't coming and you don't know why. Uh, You feel like, um, you know, you feel like you don't know what you don't know. Um, (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of where my clients, the pain is it's the overwhelm. It's the pressure because they've been trying to do this for a while and they're not getting the results that they want. And they really want to have that lifestyle business. They, they know that they want to have a certain kind of lifestyle and they just can't kind of see the path from where they are right now to that vision. I'm great at helping people turn vision into reality. Love and if it. you tell me, if you tell me you want to travel full-time like I am, then I can help you build a business that sets you up both servicing your clients as well as finding clients in a way that allows you to do that. You know, if you say I want to to work three days a week and, um, you know, not have to work nights or weekends, we can build a business that does that. 
So, you know, whatever you want, we can build a business around those parameters. Um, and, um, you know, for me personally, I love working with passionate women that want to make a difference. You know, my clients are all very, very uh, committed to helping their clients and making an impact. And, you know, I have a client that, that helps um, uh, people with autoimmune disease. Hmm. And, um, you know, it just does amazing work in helping them get their lives back and take control of their health. Hmm. And if, if, if getting back to better health isn't impacting lives, I don't know what is. You know, I have clients that help, help people recover from uh, debilitating corporate uh, defamation kinds of things. So kind of, a, out, kind of an out, out there kind of, kind of thing. So, but they're making big differences in the world. And that's my mission is to be that catalyst that those women are able to sell, to able to share their gifts with the world and make money doing it. Love it. You are my ideal podcast guest. <laughs> and it's so much fun talking about this and I get on my soapbox and I'm sorry if I- No, no, no apologies for being a, a boss in the space <laughs> and being the CEO. And that's, and you know, when you were talking about, it's like, that's exactly what, you know, when I was reading through the questions and the preparation we did for the podcast is is one thing I even you know I'm in the art space which a lot of people it seems real woo and touchy feeling and I don't understand it's so abstract but the end result is like you said the catal the catalyst the the transformation is real and if you can give a real transformation and real ad solid advice and and help people like with my client. We're doing art, but I also have the business experience to talk about what are the strategic things that we need to do to get you the money and get you in this position. And that's, that's I want to be that too. I want to be having people like you on this podcast, sharing and being available to provide real business solutions. It's not just, oh, we're a coach and, uh, you know, it's all great and roses, like we were talking about earlier. It's not just all rainbows and roses. There's money coming in. This is real. We're, you are traveling to Greece. You are living your bucket list now. And you can help people do that. I think that is just so amazing. Like it, to me, I am your ideal client. I'll just say that because <laughs> I do feel like it is elusive. I can completely relate to being overwhelmed, creating my product, creating my program and doing a lot of things without getting the results. Like I want to do the checklist right now. Like I can tell you probably right now, okay, that's working. That's not working. I, I love meeting entrepreneurs and talking to people because I want to move faster. And I'm guessing there are a lot of people out there who want to do it too. Like let's, let's rise together. Is, is... Yeah, absolutely. And the world's a better place when we're sharing our gifts. And, and being being uh, compensated for doing it, the world's a better place. I love it. And I'm on board. So let's talk about a little wisdom as we wrap up. Uh, you talked about things that really were influ influential, like people and books. You were talking about the four agreements. I, you know, I disclosed I have not read it cover to cover, but I have it in my library. Um, so tell me a little bit about things that inspire you. Well, the thing about the four agreements that is so powerful to me is that they are four simple principles to live by. And, and I should say they're simple, but they're not easy. 
Mm. So, you know, one of them is, is be impeccable with your word. And that is simple, but it's not easy, right? Uh, when was the last time that you were late to an appointment? Okay, that's really not being impeccable with your word. So that's, that's an example I always, always use on that one. Um, so, you know, that is an example or not taking things personally. Oh my gosh, that's a big one. As a that's coach. so hard sometimes. It is, it is. But, but that's what I love about the four agreements. It's a book by uh, Don um, Miguel, Miguel Ruiz. It's been out there for a long time. I'm not sure when it was, it was at least 20 years old. Um, and I love things that are simple and, uh, and really being able to boil things down to what are the things that are going to really make a difference. And what I love about the, the principles in, in, in the four agreements is that if you live by the four agreements, um, you know, be impeccable with your word, uh, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions. That's a big one too. And always doing your best. You're going to get what you want. And you're, and you're also going to make the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, there's nothing more influential than leaving a legacy of integrity and trust and um, the world's a better place for having you been in it. That's beautiful. Well, now I'm going to have to read it cover to cover. I did read, it looks like it was first published in 1952. Wow, it's even been longer than that. Yes, that's 70 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I found that yeah. out too, is, is through my journey. I've read a lot of books that have been out for 20 or more years and they're classics yeah. and I'm just reading them now and they're just so, they're so life-changing. Yeah, they are. They are. And, and <laughs> And sometimes it is the older books, I think, that have more wisdom in them than the, mm -hmm. the books today that are usually more kind of trendy, if you will. Right. Like even simple things like The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. She's one of the, you know, people who are an artist. That's been around for so long and it's such a powerful tool for life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a lot of influence in books. I, I absolutely. Really? And, and there's a lot of influence in people too, of course. I mean, I, I shared with you, my, you know, my parents have been hugely influential in my life and, and a lot of, a lot of the things that I've done have been because of the things that uh, the values that they instilled as well as the, um, the confidence and the self-esteem that they inspired in me. Let's and, talk about that a little, because this afternoon, I'm, I am going to be recording the first podcast, talking with mom, with my mom. Yes. And same thing, right? Moms and parents, they are so influential in terms of, like you said, confidence, building relationships. Talk about that. Like, how did your mom influence you the most? It's perfect segue to what's coming up in, in the Global Art Cafe. Yeah, you know, it's funny because my mom and my dad, I think, influenced me in very different ways. Mm. Um, you know, my mom influenced me in, in, um, you know, being a strong woman and, and showing me that, you know, love and nurturing and, uh, you know, the power of being compassionate and kindness and all, and, and those, I'm going to call them soft skills, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, you know, my dad, it, he's a farmer, um, you know, just retired from farming five years ago now. Um, and he, he taught me, told me, showed me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, he always had that belief in me that there wasn't a goal I couldn't attain. 
you know, there wasn't anything that could stand in my way if I decided I wanted to do something. Um, and, and I feel so grateful for both of those, you know, having both my parents in my life, because so many people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And they don't get that self-esteem from their parents. Now, I'm not saying it was all perfect. Um, you know, we talk about limiting beliefs. I know, you know, you probably do work around limiting beliefs. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, one of the things that, that I know from, uh, you know, my dad always being the one encouraging me that I could do anything I wanted to do, um, that what I made up was that that meant that it had to be perfect. Hmm. Do we have the same yeah. parents? Hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, that, that created, you know, all of our, all of our strengths and all of our challenges, not all, but most of them come from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And so what I made up was that I had to be perfect. So I spent a lot of years, you know, overcompensating and being the type A personality and, and always going 120% on everything I did. And, um, you know, that was never what my, my dad intended when he said you could do anything you want to do right mm-hmm. um, but I am where I am because of that too so while I have shifted a lot I've shifted the meaning of that belief um, to literally I can do anything I want to and I can do it in a way that serves me and serves others mm-hmm. um, you know it it it's still a foundation in my life basically my parents are Yeah, I feel like I have that same thing. And I was just writing up the, I put a promo out on my YouTube channel, Lisa Kindle Artist, about talking with mom. And one of the show notes, it says, um, you know, they were there and they always believed I could do whatever I wanted to do. And like you said, I think that it does become a limiting belief. Like you think, oh, it's never really going to be good enough. But really what they were doing was saying, keep pushing harder. We believe in you. But it takes a lot, right? Um, cause even yeah, I made a few mistakes. I admit it. I made a few mistakes along the way. I think you, you know, we're about the same age, right? Like somewhere in midlife <laughs> and, um, we'll just leave that there. Um, <laughs> but regardless of how big the mistake, I have one major mistake. I fully admit that one. And my mom was always there waiting and I want to do the same for my daughter and that's why I'm doing the podcast and why we're having this conversation because again we're what are we back to the foundation and one of the things that in the show notes that I say is that I feel really privileged one to have my mom still here with me thankfully and we can have this conversation but that I can be a resource for other women who might not have the the parental support and the generational mm-hmm. um, gift of that generation passed down to me, not just from my parents, my grandparents mm-hmm. and the elderly neighbors that were around me in my community gave me, they mentored me. I had women right. who strong right. women from ages past that, you know, they've passed now, but mm-hmm. while I was a kid, I could hear their stories and they gave me so yeah. much confidence. They supported me. Uh, in my music endeavors, they supported me when I went to college. They were always there. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. everybody has that, right? You know, and I don't. I don't take it for granted. And it's it's lovely to hear that coming from you. So you grew up on a farm, and my mom and I were talking about this because she also grew up on 
not on the farm, but mm -hmm. uh, in this rural, her dad became a farmer. And that's going to be one of the stories we talk yeah. about. Mm -hmm. And she left home <clears throat> before she was 20 to move to the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And we'll be telling that story. So yeah. I'm betting you could relate. Yeah. What do you, what do you sure. say to that? What's your yeah. experience with that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I grew up on a, in a town of 1500 people and grew mm. up in, in fact, I'm sitting right now at my dad's house um, visiting and um, you know, we've got, got literally, it's like the farmers are in the field, taking the beans and the corn out of the field right now. And, mm -hmm. um, I left, I went to school in, uh, at Iowa state, okay. uh, and then went to Chicago straight from there. So I went from 1500 people to college, which was of course a big college state, state college, and then into Chicago, you know, so let's talk about a fish out of water. How um, was that? What is that like? You know, it was perfect. Um, mm. I in, so enjoyed it. It really, I worked right downtown Chicago and lived on the outskirts of, of the city. And, and I was there for two years. So I wasn't there for too long. And then I got into brand marketing. That's kind of what got me into corporate marketing okay. um, from there. And then I was in St. Louis and it kind of did a tour of the Midwest and then ended up out West when I started up a marketing department uh, for Fresh Express Salads. Oh, so okay. um, that was kind of my corporate career prior to giving it all up and becoming an entrepreneur. But was it really giving it up? <laughs> oh, well, no. At the time, I couldn't wait to get out of corporate. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and I will tell you, I had a better experience with corporate than probably 90% of people that I talked to. What was the impetus for you leaving corporate? What was your pain point that made you decide, I'm going to go on my own and yeah. do what? What, what, what was it? Exactly. I, yeah, I, I, I took a job, started a marketing department um, for Fresh Express Salads. And you know, I always say the job didn't work out the way I expected it to, but I fell in love with the place. I was in Monterey, California, mm. um, which is an amazing, you know, central California town. I mean, it's an amazing area. And, um, you know, the company was a great company and I loved the people. I loved the, the product and they just weren't ready for what they thought they wanted to do with marketing and, and starting more of a consumer driven marketing company. Um, so bottom line about well, it wasn't even a year into it. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work. And so I tried some other things within the company and supporting them in strategic um, planning and so on and so forth. But um, the president, I reported to the president and he kind of knew I wasn't in the right place. So we kind of just agreed to, to part, part ways. Um, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, so that's in essence when I, I, I ended up starting within a year, I'd started three businesses. Um, mm -hmm. And one of them was my coaching business. And one of them was a new products consulting business, working in more in the corporate arena. And then I had a, a friend who was a personal trainer that wanted to start a, at the time, she wanted to start a personal training studio. And so she asked me to help her write the business plan, which of course I did. But as we wrote the business plan and kind of looked at what the, what the right uh, positioning was in the market, it, the idea kind of became bigger. So she asked me to become a business partner with her, which I ended up doing. And we ended up with two locations and, and, you know, over a seven figure business and, and um, yeah. And then I ended up uh, doing the new product consulting for, for a few years. And, and I just kind of, I kind of really didn't love doing it, to be honest. Okay. And as my coaching business, you know, grew, I just kind of ended up kind of phasing out of the consulting business and focused on my coaching business. So where would you, and then we'll wrap this up. So where would you say you find most of your clients now in the business model you're using? Where do you go to? What's your, yeah. Um, well, it, I, 
I would say um, mostly um, online speaking. So things like podcasts, um, things like, uh, you know, my own events that I do um, online, workshops and trainings that I do online, and then yeah. offer people an opportunity to, to have a follow-up call with me. Um, and then I have used Facebook ads quite extensively the last five years. And um, Facebook ads are becoming more and more difficult, uh, you know, by the day, I swear by the minute. Yeah. Um, so I have backed off of, off of them quite a bit, but I am still doing, doing ads some. Um, and then I, I did make the decision to start a Facebook group recently. So I'd love to invite everybody to join that. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rapid results club. And, uh, and that's one of the ways that I really want to build community and be able to support people that are in that, that kind of early stages of their business and, and answer questions and provide, provide support. Those are the main ways um, right now. And I'm still, I'm lucky because I have been out there for so long. I still get a, a, a pretty, pretty good flow of referrals and referrals are obviously the best business, but, yeah. but you can't count on them. So I, you know, I do when I kind of uh, quit, uh, uh, you know, kind of, it's like, I'm not too, um, uh, well, I'll just say it. When people tell me that their business is based on referrals, my instant reaction is, well, then you don't have a good business plan. I keep saying we're going to wrap up, but um, tell us the one common myth about the coaching profession that you would want to debunk. I think this is a good way to end. And then maybe uh, a little nugget to share. And then I'll, I'm really going to wrap it up. Yeah. The, the, the biggest myth that I would say is out there is that coaches think that they have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that clients are only going to hire them if they can literally solve kind of every problem under the, under the, the sun around the area that they work in. Mm -hmm. And the fact is good coaches don't have to be more than two or three steps ahead of their client because the best coach is someone who has been where you're at today. And if they haven't experienced the stress and the overwhelm, and haven't experienced the trying 10 different things and nothing is sticking for me, then they're probably not going to be my, you know, I'm probably not going to be their ideal coach because, you know, I've been there and I know that so I can relate to that problem, that pain point. Um, you know, when coaches want to coach on something they don't have any experience in, it's always a watch out for me mm -hmm. because, you know, how are you going to teach somebody to X, Y, Z if you've never done it yourself? So give us Sherry's nugget of wisdom. <laughs> oh, I, I think a good, a good nugget for the whole conversation we've had today is, is share your gift because the world needs it. And you were put here to share your magic, to share your gift. And the world's a better place when you do it. So do, and if you want to turn it into a business, do it in a way that allows you to create the income that you need to live the lifestyle that you want to live. Yes, very well said. Perfect. So as we close, just let me say that in the show notes, living your bucket list now with Sherry Kaufelt, 
there will be links to her Facebook group she mentioned, her website, and a way to connect with her. Um, if you're curious and you want to work with her, I think that would be a wise decision for at least a few people out there listening, I bet. And I'm so glad, so glad that we connected on Facebook in a networking group. Yes. Um, and we're able to do this because I've certainly learned a lot and, and my life is better knowing you. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Have a great rest of the day and go be the gift that you are. On Saturday, December 11th and Sunday, December 12th, from 9.30 to 11 a.m., Lisa is offering a two-part workshop at the Maple Grove Arts Center. You are invited to come learn your life path color and make your own special box and deck of color affirmation cards. Come learn how color can empower your life, combined with positive affirmations crafted by you. For more information and to reserve your seat, go to the Maple Grove Arts Center at www.maplegroveartcenter.org. Coming up on November 14th, from noon to 4 p.m., Lisa will be hosting a day retreat in the country with a wonderful group of ladies. She'll be teaching them their life path colors and helping them to create their own color affirmation decks and boxes that they will be able to take home to empower their lives with color every day. If you are in Minnesota and would like to join this private party, please contact Lisa directly at hello at lisakindle.com. Thank you for listening to the Global Art Cafe podcast. Please like and share, and better yet, leave me a five-star rating. To find out more, please visit my website, www.lisakindle.com. Please consider supporting this podcast with a financial contribution. You can contact me at hello at lisakindle.com for more information on being a guest or working one-to-one with me. Again, thank you for listening and don't forget to leave me a review. Hi, I'm Cher Van Cleve, owner of Viet Thai Cuisine Restaurant in Chisago City, Minnesota. I'm the proud sponsor of the Global Art Cafe podcast. Lisa is an amazing coach that led me to discovering my inner layers. I'd like to invite you to try the truly authentic family fare we serve at Viet Thai Cuisine. Capture your order of free wontons when you mention the Global Art Cafe. Dine in or take out, either option is yours for the choosing.